Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 953 with Scott and Jesse Spellman. Big part of business being consistent and keeping that quality going because uh, that's what people expect of you. You know, they want something that they came back for and, and keep coming back for. If it's different each time, you're not going to keep that steady customer here. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories failures in bombs of restaurant industry knowledge then join eric cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable today's episode is brought to you by pop menu and restaurants have been hit hard over the past last years which means restaurant owners and their staff have been working harder than ever trying to meet the expectations of in-person hospitality can be demanding which is why i recommend pop menu answering pop menu answering turns every restaurant phone call into an opportunity because it uses artificial intelligence to answer the simple questions that are tying up your phone lines like can I make a reservation or where are you located? And over 50% of restaurant guests are happy to have their questions answered by an automated system. For a limited time, my listeners can get $100 off their first month plus lock in one unchanging monthly rate at popmenu.com slash unstoppable. This episode is brought to you by Restaurant Systems Pro and they are launching their first time ever 60 day pilot program this is something that's never been done before this 60-day event is at no cost to you but it's not for everyone fred langley ceo of restaurant systems pro will be leading a group of restaurant tours through the restaurant system pro software and setting up the systems for your restaurants fred will teach you recipe costing cards guidance in your books for accounting cash control sales forecasting checklist budgeting for the entire year scheduling for profit it, more butts and seats, and that's not it. If you are interested in this, head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. That's RSP for Restaurant Systems Pro. www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest co-owners of Utopia Bagels, Scott and Jesse Spellman. Are you two feeling unstoppable today? Oh, we're feeling unstoppable. We're yes. feeling it. Yes, I'm super excited for today's conversation. Uh, just being able to walk around here and uh, you know to see you guys in action and, and watch you make your 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 magic, man. It's a, this is going to be a good conversation. Uh, I'm psyched. Special thanks to Sam Silverman for calling you out. That's why you're here. He called you out when I had when I was in New York last time. Uh, but I cannot wait to dive into your story. But let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quarter mile. What do you guys got for us? That's all you, Scott. It's all me? Yeah. What's, what's the success quarter mantra? Uh, well, the success, I believe, is hands-on. Um, being involved uh, every day, um, doing uh, something today and not leaving it for tomorrow is a big part of what we do here. And quality first. Mm. Um those are very essential in this place. Uh, this place, uh, Utopia Bagels, is known for its quality. Uh, where we've taken it to um, has led that way with quality first. I love that. So you weren't the founder 
of Utopia Bagels? No, I was not the founder. There, there were three gentlemen involved, um, a guy named Jack, a guy named Roy, and my present partner, uh, Anthony, yep. Anthony Pantaleo. Uh, he was an original owner with the other two gentlemen, and uh, I got on board with this store, I would say, uh, close to 30 years ago. On the back end of stuff, uh, um, I was in the garbage industry. I've always taken care of the garbage here at Utopia Bagels. And uh, I had another business with um, the handling of um, paper goods and cups and all that kind of stuff. Um, I would say about 10 years ago, uh, Anthony got approached by a company called Fresh Direct. And they wanted him to produce a packaged frozen bagel. Um, at the time, uh, me and Anthony had discussed a lot of businesses together, where the store was going. Uh, me and Anthony kind of always had a handshake. If he ever would sell this store, I would have first dibs at uh, first refusal at taking it over or buying it from him. But I always felt my heart, uh, somewhere down the line, we would dive into business together. Uh, at an early age, a teenager, I worked for a, my best friend who actually owned the bagel store. It's called Boulevard Bagels on Queens Boulevard. It's no longer there. And basically, it was a big bagel store back then. Bagels were basically sold as they were. If you buttered or cream cheese a bagel, that was a big thing. <laughs> Um, Man, have times changed. Yes, big time. <laughs> so there was no delis involved. A lot of different spreads were not involved. Um, and uh, that uh, dealing with that at a young age always inspired me about bagels. So you uh, had a friend. So before you came on to Utopia Bagels, it was, which Utopia Bagels was founded in 1981. Uh, you had a friend that had another bagel shop. Yeah. So how old were you at this point? When uh, you I was about 14, 13, 14 okay. years old. Wow. So we're talking, you know, 70s. Okay. Early 70s. Before there was an everything bagel. So <laughs> so you were just, I mean, what was it about the bagel industry back then that really drew you to it? That uh, just the fresh taste of a bagel coming out of an oven, uh, business in itself, dealing with the public, um, was always fascinating to me. You're uh, great with people, man. I, I, I was here today. You, I, I've seen you on TV or YouTube. Like, I've seen the way you engage. I saw the, the bit you do with Action Bronson. Uh, you just got a natural ability to communicate with people and to make them feel welcome. That's how, that's how I felt when I came in here. And I came in with all my shit. And I was like, where can I dump this? And you're like, just anywhere. You're, you're fine. Your family. Come on in. Jesse had greeted me at the door. He brought me back. Nobody like looked twice or uh, was annoyed with me or anything. I felt very welcome as soon yeah. as I walked into uh, the That's place. the thing about here everybody's family yeah you know. and, it, and it feels that way um what about so like okay so back to your story um you love the people you love the freshness you like you like the business the community um what else uh you know i was always very fascinated with utopia bagels their quality uh the amount of people that knew about the store um but it was always so untouched what do you mean by that? This store was such a um, an old school type of place. Uh, Genuine. It it had uh, sh uh, wooden walls. Um, 
it was a small little store that had huge lines outside. Uh, there would be maybe 10 workers tops involved. And, you know, the owner himself, Anthony, would be on hand all the time, uh, at least when I would walk in. And so Anthony's still the, the co-owner. Yes, Anthony's still the co-owner. Yeah. You know, his present day is not uh, working the oven anymore because he was a baker, and he basically taught me everything I know yeah. about baking. Yeah. Um, and he's, uh, uh, he's also about quality. He would do things slower, slow down the pace, you know, we have such a, a, a big audience that comes and gets our bagels. You, you kind of feel like you got to rush everything. Yeah. But Anthony would always talk to me and say, slow it down. Especially with baking. You yeah. know, and I'm a, I'm a novice baker. I love baking sourdoughs. I understand the importance of temperature and time and humidity being ingredients. It's, it's a part of the process. You can't replace that process. You can't take shortcuts. The quality is not going to be there. And usually where is it that people take the shortcut with baking? Well, I, I think the biggest part of uh, is having enough business, number one. Because if you don't have enough business, you can't keep pumping out the bagels and you're... Can't uh, stay fresh. You or, can't stay yeah. as fresh as they should be. Uh, but another big part of it is proper refrigeration, um, the amount of refrigeration that you have, because you do need to shift things around and have enough storage to hold enough of these bagels. Like we so do. why is refrigeration a key part of your process? Uh, well, I think the biggest mistake that a lot of bagel places are making these days and uh, where quality fails is bigger is better. What do you mean by that? So you go to a lot of stores these days of bagel places and there's these huge bagels. Uh, they're either done by a steam oven, which bakes a whole rack at a time, and their proofing methods are blowing up their bagels tremendously. So you, so adding more yeast or maybe proofing at a warmer temperature or what is it? What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's more about uh, keeping the bagels out m longer. Um, out of and, the refrigerator. And not, yeah, because again, they don't have that storage to yeah. do it. So they're coming in and out of that fridge a lot quicker than what we do here. Uh, our main thing is we'll uh, ferment our dough at least 24 hours up to 36 or 40, you know, 48 hours, uh, which I believe makes a better tasting dough once it's put in the kettle and i can get behind that as a, like i said a novice I, i'm not like a master baker by any means but i do i do keep my own sourdough i do bake at least once a month to keep it alive you know uh but absolutely like the best breads are the breads that take the longest to prove. It's that, that process of letting the yeast do its work and yep. it's also better for your gut because yep. that's isn't that i mean i'm not an expert on this but isn't that part of like the whole idea behind like we're not meant to eat flour right like it's we were never designed our bodies are never designed to eat like that it's a it's a it's a new invention relatively speaking it's only a 10 year old ten thousand year old invention this <laughs> idea of bread before that we were eating like you whatever we could pick off off the ground or kill you know so like we're not meant to process that much that food that, that kind of food so letting the yeast do the work and and break down all that and i'm not an expert at this i don't know if i'm saying it right but um well you, you know it's about the glutens also yeah. coming together and attaching together and 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 laying that foundation down you know when it gets in the fridge you know part of the proofing process that we talk about or i talk about is done in that refrigerator also so 
it's slowing it down. Yeah. You know, and, and keeping that fermentation going within the fridge, that is part of yeah. what we do So the big, the big lesson here is don't cut corners. The obstacle is the way, yeah, right? Well, like, cutting corners is something we try not to do. Uh, I, I pride myself on not cutting corners. Yeah, yeah. You know, keeping a business going, we talk about a montage of what, can, it, it, you know, it's consistency too. You know, it's a big part of business being consistent and keeping that quality going because uh, that's what people expect of you. You know, yeah. they want something that they came back for and, and keep coming back for. If it's different each time, you're not going to keep that steady customer here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so really we're, we're starting this conversation with what you said and like this idea of quality first, right? And never sacrifice quality. As soon as you start sacrificing quality, long term like the people that know the product are going to know it's not as good as what it could be right and it's it's about that return guess it's about the people that know good the right from wrong are, are willing to wait in the line for the right thing and support that right thing 80% of your business comes from 20% of your people right how familiar are some of these faces that come in here well you know when you talk Every about day. that yeah. like, <laughs> it, it is but I think these days with the multimedia and that kind of stuff it, it starts to expand you know, we're starting to see, you would think 41 years in business, we would see everybody already. But through the multimedia and people like yourself expanding our vision and Reach, expanding yeah. and reaching out to people really has, has broadened that um, throughout the world, yeah. uh, you know. A week ago, I had a guy come in here from Poland. That's great. And, you know, the guy was shaking while his girlfriend was videotaping. And he's like, you, you're, you're the guy on the video, you know. Is that the Action Bronson video? <laughs> no, it was the Eater video. Oh, the Eater yeah. video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that first to feast, me. Were they in here? Is that the one? Yeah. Who? Is, is, does, does Eater cover First We Feast? No, that's on no. their complex. Oh, Eater is its own publication, like oh. its own website and everything. Nice. They so, do uh, pop-ups on videos, nice, different nice. stories. So you're a little, you're like a little celebrity man. Well, you know, my kids tell me I'm, uh, <laughs> what is it called? <laughs> like influencer? Um, uh, yeah, or what would you call your yeah, dad? Yeah, yeah, I guess influencer, bagel influencer. You <laughs> yeah. can go with right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. But uh, I'm a little curious. What was the story behind? Um, what was Anthony doing? What was Anthony's story behind? So before 1981. You know, again, Anthony was an old school type of person who kept this local neighborhood store going uh it did reach out to i would say places like long island and maybe connecticut would reach out and notice this place but for anthony he never even had a menu to hand out to people uh his selections you come here that's another thing that uh i pride myself on is giving people a lot of selections mm. Uh, whether it's the type of bagels, the type of cream cheese, the type of drinks, the type of sandwiches. Uh, people these days will come and look at or hear about us and walk up to the line and waiting maybe 10, 15 minutes online and still not know what to order. So giving people's choices is a great part of business. Uh, Basket of Robins, 31 Flavors, <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts, all these yeah. donuts. Because when people come in, they'll look and say, wow, maybe I'll get that next time. You know, or did you see the selections of drinks they have there? So all these things are important in business. Um, 
And selling in every part of your store is incredibly important. Yeah. What do you mean by selling in every part of your store? So you're paying for every space that you have in business. You have to utilize those things. Mm -hmm. A lot of people in business leave empty spaces and they need to sell in those areas. Yeah, I hear that. So what was it? So you had this, you had this, um, you were working, you had a buddy that was in the bagel industry. That's where you fell in love with bagels. That wasn't Anthony though, right? That wasn't Anthony. That wasn't Dennis. That was Dennis. Well, Dennis worked there. Dennis ended up working for Anthony later on in his life. The guy I worked for was Manny Strugach. <laughs> okay. Now, my best friend, Arthur, who I grew up in, in, in summer camp, we used to go up to Monticello when we were young. A lot of people would go upstate, Monticello, the bungalow colonies, and that's where I met him. I eventually moved to his neighborhood. There's an Italian hand coming there in. There you man. go. <laughs> uh, really I Jewish, moved to his neighborhood when, we, when I was a teenager yeah. and went to school Jew. with him. <laughs> <laughs> Went to school with him, and as a teenager, we worked in his father's bagel store. Yeah, yeah. So you had a passion for bagels. Uh, you recognized that maybe what was happening here at Utopia was slightly more elevated than what you were doing? That was 100% true. I always would come here and do business with Anthony through the garbage industry, through the supply business, but at the same time, buying his bagels. You know, buying the bagels to me was like having props. You know, what do you mean by props? Well, you know, bragging you know it's the bragging rights. Yeah, yeah. 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 You knew rights. where the best bagel was. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. when I came here, and it was actually introduced to me by my wife. My wife lived in Whitestone for 50 years, the last 50 years of her life. And she introduced me to this place. And right away, I says, wow, these are the most incredible tasting bagels. It just, they're done perfectly. Yeah, I had the uh, privilege of having a couple of your bagels before we started. You know, that so crispy good. crust, the, the golden color, the shine, and that light fluffy inside was just the perfect bagel to me. Yeah. So, so you start, you, you come here, you start working for Anthony. Well, I came here. We would start talking a lot. I found out he liked all the same sports teams I like. We were both cowboy fans living in New York. Yeah. We liked the Knicks. You know, we 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 were very similar in our styles. Um, but I always felt he wasn't. He didn't want to reach out a branch out bigger than he was. He only had one flavor of water. In his fridge. What do you mean one flavor? He only one sold brand. One, oh, brand. one brand. One okay. brand. I was like, wait, because they always say like that bagel, like water makes the bagel, right? No, no, yeah. no, that's, no, not, no that's, that's totally That's a different, different route. That's you talk different. about that in Canada where they put the, uh, the honey in the water. But, yeah, but no. you know, he was very old school and not trying to expand what he had. He was very happy with what was coming in and what he was getting out of his store. Um in my eyes, it always should have been bigger and better here. Um, and then, la again, later on, what ended up happening, my friend Dennis, who worked with me in a bagel store back in, in with the 70s. Um, with who? With the, the, the man. From yeah, with Manny with in Manny, his store. Manny. Eventually, like I always kept in touch because he worked in several different bagel stores. But I would talk to him. I know this guy. Maybe you should bring him in. And then all of a sudden, one day, Dennis is in the back with Anthony. Without even making the connection. Without Dennis even making just showed the, up. It just showed and yeah. Dennis like, like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> and, <she's laughs> like, and my dad was like, this is the guy who I was talking uh, about. Uh, it's Dennis. And then he's Dennis. like, what? Everybody's like, look you know, So at that point, the universe I, is trying I, yeah, to tell you and I became even more friendlier with Anthony and understanding what was going on here. Um, 
And I would say uh, it probably happened about 11, 12 years ago. The store next door to this place became available. And Anthony called me in one day. Scotty, you know, the store next door is available. Everybody's telling me to take it over. What year is this? It's got to be. 2013. Oh, shit. So more recent. Earlier, earlier. 2010, 2011. So you had like a 20-year run with Anthony before ever. Oh, yeah. No, I've picked up Anthony's garbage for close to 30 years. When did you actually start working in here like I am an employee? 10 years ago. 10 years ago. 2013, Holy shit. I thought it was three years. No, no, no. Maybe you said 30, and I probably heard you say three. Yeah, no. Because it's been 40 years. Yeah. Okay. This is totally changing my perspective i thought you were like 17 years old coming in here no i'm like, 60 people don't believe it but i'm 60 great. years old 60 people don't cr- believe he's 22 oh man yeah. <laughs> some people <laughs> say yo you guys brothers like, uh, <laughs> relax but anthony came to me when the store it was a card store it was really a rundown run by uh, a husband and wife that was really a lottery store a card store it was really dirty it really would have cost a lot of money to clean it out. When he came to me, I said, Anthony, I don't really think this is a good move for you. And he hugged me. He says, you're the only one that's telling me the truth. Yeah. And I'm glad that I'm turning it down. Okay. So, we so what exactly was he turning down? The experience? where we're sitting right sitting now. Sitting in right now yeah. was available. And, and he did there turn was a wall in between. It. So where these where this, the support beam is right The support Correct. beam. Got it. That right. was a wall. And he he turned down the landlord says, nah, I don't want it. And then a karate school came in and cleaned out the whole place. Nice. Did <laughs> all the work? The, you know, a karate school is <laughs> nice. empty. Straight walls. And about a year and a half later, while I was still in the, you know, the garbage business, and I started managing a restaurant, too, so I got a lot more knowledge about restaurant food and all this stuff. He came to me and said, Fresh Direct approached him and wanted him to now, make... Now, what's the year now? So that you're talking now nine years ago is... So you, you took over in 2010. 13, 2014. Okay. Well, no, yeah. 2010 was when the card store... Was, was going for business, uh, up for okay. business. And then, then the, the karate, karate store came in. in. Now, three years later. Two years later. Yeah, two about and a half two, years. Yeah. 2013. Yeah, 2013. Yeah. Like That's when the karate store started to decline, too, along yeah, with his Fresh exactly. Direct. Exactly. So Fresh Direct. And I knew Fresh Direct from the garbage business, how huge they were and how big they were about at, business. And at the time, too, they were also such a raw new company. Right. That, that was now they've expanded to things unimaginable from all the way back then in 2013 so his visions were were correct there so i'm looking at this now i'm in the packaging business with supplies i know i have a lot of connections with recyclable people and plastic bags and all this stuff so he came to me and said they approached me to make a frozen pack with my brand on it i'm like dude i got you i said you know, you want me to take, he says, Scotty, if you think you can handle this, I met with them. I told them, gave you a number. Within a, Now, at the time, again, I was managing a restaurant. Yeah. I invited these people to the restaurant, <laughs> found out they liked bourbon. We started shooting some stuff. I had a pappy on hand also, <laughs> straight from my southern, you know, Pappy Van Winkles. Those are very, Wait, what very, is a pappy? So a pappy Van Winkle is a bourbon made like once a year. Okay. So there's Rip Van Winkles and Patty Van Winkles. Patty's are 15 years and above. 
the Van Winkles, there goes my Italian hand again, <laughs> um, are under. They're like eight, but you can't buy them like in a store. They have to be kind of given to you by your distributor. Okay. That's so. And they're, they're just fabulous bourbons. So you're working in, in waste. You're working in packaged goods. You're also <laughs> a restaurant manager. Uh, how long were you in the restaurant business? Uh, I did it for about three, three and a half years there. Okay. Um, and it was great experience. Uh, I took a business that was kind of failing and, and blew it up to where it is today. You know, we really tripled the business. And that was the restaurant. And that the was restaurant, the restaurant. Right, yeah. What was this restaurant? It was a, a restaurant called Shady Lady in Astoria. Shady. Um, a really cool spot. You know, uh, friends of mine owned it. Uh, and uh, we basically hit it off and we grew the business very well. So what was it that helped you grow the business? How did you, where was that business um, before? And what did you do? What were the key things that you took to make that business Again, the key, I think, again, is being on hand, very present. Um, you know, again, quality. Quality standard out first. That business is, was run basically by the bartender and the, and the waitresses. And the back kitchen was, like, put at second hand. Right away to me was my kitchen was number one. Yeah. I had to make sure my kitchen and my food coming out stood out more than the drinks. The drinks were like in my back pocket. I had all my distributors give me free stuff. So if I needed to give a free drink or, you know, to me, that's also so important in business. It's about giving. Mm. You know, if you watch me today, I'm handing out hot bacon. If I find out you're a first timer here, I go into my oven and give you a free hot bagel. Because I want you to feel that experience like I felt when I first came yeah. here. Uh, kids come in. Uh, when I talked about going away in the summertime, we used to go to a place called Penny Candy. And we'd love to go there. The lady would hand you a free candy. Mm. So all these little things as a kid and growing up, I put into place here. Advertising, yeah, today it's not the same. You know, when you pay for it. But word of mouth, social media is an incredible advertising tool. It really is. For free. Yeah. You know, that's what's the most incredible, just like word of mouth. You know, a lot of business today, they'll rather throw out stuff than actually give it away. And I don't like doing those things. I I, I, I like to give people that feel of, that's oh, yeah. my place. Yeah. I know that guy. Yeah. You know, Creating a kid a walking out with their parent. Wow, that was so nice what he did. You feel and special then, when somebody yes. gives you something. You're like, wow, like you must really like me, or I must be special. Yeah, now yeah. you have that memory stored up in that place, and you yeah. want to come back here. You want to share more experiences and everything else. Take yeah. your friends there. So that was a big part of building up Shady Lady. Also, it was a big part. Um, my the owners had the confidence in me to have the ability to go to that kitchen. Yo, make me a plate of this. These guys are all, you know, that's not in the house while you wait. It's always a big part of business to do and make people feel at home. Where was the operations? Where, like, obviously Anthony knew how to make a bagel, right? Yes. But what happens if Anthony's sick? Well, back, I'm going back to 2013 before you guys took over. When did you actually take over the business? Because we were your co-owners, right? Yeah. 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 Like, when did you come in? Well, he's not in the day to day it, anymore. It's been 20. it's been stages. You know, at this point, we're we're you know partners, full partners. Um, but 
you know, at, at some point in time, I had to turn to him and say, listen, you see how hard I work? Yeah. <laughs> um, I have no problem with continue working, but if I don't have skin in the game, I can't keep up this pace. I need the security. I, I you need, know, yeah. and a lot of people look at me and says, oh, you paid for the business. No, I did the old-fashioned way. I earned it by hard work. Yeah. And that, again, going to mantra, uh, talking about how business is done, you have to do it firsthand. You have to work next to your workers and show them you can do it better. You could do it cleaner. You could do it faster. It's so important in business. Why is that so important? Because they're going to go the extra yard for you. You're the standard. You become, and this is, yes, I think this is a definitely like, nobody's ever going to show up harder for your business than you. But if you show up the hardest and you you set the standard, you set the, expe- the, the expectation, you show the consistency, that becomes the culture. C- culture isn't what you say you are. It's what happens every day. Yeah, it's right. what's happening right now in this moment with your actions. It's walking That's the walk. Talking to talk. Reality is culture. Yeah, it's so important. Yeah. Uh, so you got to set that culture. Um, so when was like the first day you actually came in and you, you worked a shift? So, you know, again, he, I took the ball, set up the meeting with Fresh Direct, got this done, and I was basically only going to be part of being Fresh Direct. And okay. now I was full 50%. Now it's 2013. 2013. Can you now, back that up, Jesse? Yeah, 2003. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to tip that mic just a little you know, more. Too. It, yeah, it, and there also, it takes a little time to get a product to to come to be available. So a lot of the people that are here today were there in 2013. Oh, yeah. There's oh, plenty of workers here yeah. that work. We have guys that have been here 27 years. So and that's that means something to the business. So for one sure thing I like also. to one thing I like to talk about the mission statement here at Restaurant Unstoppable is inspire, empower, and transform. And I think that we're going to transform the restaurant industry by transforming one individual at a time, one restaurant owner at a time, by giving them giving them that inspiration and giving them that knowledge to empower them. And we're going to slowly, if we can, in, in, if we can transform all these individuals, then collectively the industry will transform. But on that note, it, it starts with one person. One individual at a time. What was your transformation like? What was this business's transformation like? You know, 2013 to 2023, right around the corner, ten years. How has this place evolved? So, uh, you know, again, getting involved. Once you saw what I did with the with the Fresh Direct deal, he begged me, "Come, please, come manage my store. Come, you know, go forward with what we're doing here." And this is 20 so, years or 30 years in for him. Yes, yes, absolutely. And he didn't change anything in 30 years. So I says, listen, this is the time now we're going to take the other store. We're going to expand this. Where we're sitting right now. We're We're sitting right now. Karate went out of business. Went out of business. We're going to take take over that that area because we're going to need the room now. Yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, getting enough room so that we can have enough space for everybody to work. Because, again, working in that small space, what we were doing was not going to be able to. From where the oven was to the other wall, it was three feet of space. You had a guy wow. cooking eggs and a guy baking bagels back to back and a guy rolling bagels in the corner. There I'm was no sure space. If you're watching this, we, we got a bunch of B-roll footage um, where we were with the old oven that's been here since 1981. Um, from where that oven was to where the pillar is behind that oven, which I you can see it on, on a frame right now, just that it's between Jesse and Scott. That pillar was the wall, yep. I'm assuming, right? Correct. So that's the three feet of space between the oven. So how 
how can you grow? How can you get into these other markets? How can you do wholesale? How can you get into uh, fresh? What was it? Direct fresh, fresh direct, fresh direct, fresh how, direct gold, gold belly, belly. Uh, the food, like the, the food truck, like how do like you're only limited? You can only everything. cook so many bagels in a day, right? But if you increase that footprint, you can increase your volume. You can correct. You can got to knock down a few walls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in um, all reality. Yes. Yeah. Knock down some you've, walls. And you've walked down. You've knocked down two walls. now. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. We just uh, maybe 14 months ago, we knocked down a third wall into our third location within our operation. That uh, was a real estate office. We took over that, made that like a little commissary room. So now we're really prepping and making all the bagels out of there. I think somebody might need your attention. Saying goodbye. Good night, good night Marco. Good night, Marco. Marco, baby. Marco, baby. Good night. <laughs> um, you know, and that was done through the pandemic. Yeah, uh, we're we're growing and expanding, but we needed our production of the hand rolled bagels to pick up. And basically, and what was space. happening? Well, why yeah. did you need it? What was what was what was? Your People opinion. were running into each other. Our bakery yeah, department you know, was running you, into our rollers. As a novice baker, you probably know it best. You need space when you're baking. You don't yeah. want anybody to bump into you. You know, baking is a fine art. If somebody's around you, bumping into you, messing you up, you you get all flustered. Yeah, if they're walking through with the camera. And, and rollers get <laughs> into me. a groove. Rollers really yeah. get into a groove of what, what they're doing. And if they had, you know, and they've come to me also, you know, giving people enough space to be able to talk to you about business is important about business when we talk about business and stuff like that uh one of my mottos with my workers is you got to make the person next to you better mm. and it's an important fact that's the one thing i ask from people when that's they come your to job work. as a restaurateur is to yeah. make the, is to lift up everybody around you so they were constantly telling me listen if we had enough space i could produce more in the same amount of time so I always felt that we had to expand or give enough space to these rollers. So with Utopia Bagel, was there an issue with not being able to keep up? With the, were, were bagels going out the door faster than you could make them? At a point, if you want, if we wanted to continue the wholesale, yes, that was the case because we didn't have the refrigeration to keep them. And we weren't going to give up that quality to increase that quantity. You're like 12 years old at this point, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I was there. I 22 now. This is going like 10 years. Back ago. then, I looked like I was 20. Yeah. <laughs> so, what? Like, and I know, I know, Anthony's still your business partner, and yeah. you know, there's no disrespect, but like, there's things that you've changed since coming on board. There's things that you improved. Like, where? I don't want to say what was he doing wrong, but where, 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 where could he? Where did he? Um, where has he and your, yourselves? Where have you guys grown? We're the biggest, aside from growing the physical footprint, what else has changed? Um, I, I think the branding of who we are has changed quite a bit. So the quality, your brand was all about quality, right? It was, but, you know, again, we were this small little white stone bagel place. You know, back then, I believe this place had the number one bagel. But if you looked at any review, we were never, this bagel store was never mentioned anywhere. So that said a lot, expanding it that way. And, you know, as a business owner, letting someone else come into your business, it's really about one thing. Money, right? As a business owner, letting somebody else come into your business is about one is thing. Is he going to grow on my business or he's not going to grow on my by, business? By, by bringing Scott in, are we going to collectively – am I going to make more money with two people? And even if I split that with somebody, I mean, the pie is better. Yeah, sure, he's right? been doing this 30 years. He had a, a number of people try to do it. My friend Dennis tried to do it. But he was very 
much a thumb on letting people grow. Anthony had a thumb on people grow. Yeah, because he oh, wanted. And he's still it. your partner, so we got tiptoe. Yeah, you know, so he, he, he you know, not that he, I, not that he didn't have the confidence in it, but you know, he was always hit in the face by expanding what he was doing and not really making more money. It's also money. about trust at the end of the day. Yeah. Not just about that, money. It's about yes. trusting that person to come into your life, pretty much be your, your family, your brother at that point. You and know, I think when you get we, into business with somebody, you have to be super close with them. You can't yeah. just, you know, not someone random. Yeah. I, I think we had that foundation set before just coming to work for him and that was a very important part like dennis came in as a worker from another store so he didn't have a foundation of who he was and then again me coming in for fresh direct and really getting that thoroughly done he was very impressed with that also so he gave me the confidence then once i came and managed started managing the store and basically cutting through because I came in here people knew me but everyone says this kid's never gonna make it he's gonna be on his phone all day you know he's gonna be smoking pot all day you know as a young you know this was all the things that were kind of that they didn't see my worth ethic that's one thing you know I've been on my own since I'm 17 years old and I come from a family that had big businesses um, and worked hard all their lives but my worth ethic was always there and not being afraid to lose it all too because I've had so many ups and downs in my life mm -hmm. and starting from zero was never a problem for me. Yeah. You know, that's... Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors and we're going to be right back to kind of talk about... I'm going to see like if we can't break down the step by step. What was the first thing you did? What was the second thing you did? And you know, maybe paint the picture of where it was then and where it is today. Like, like, you know, and then say, how do we, how do we get there? You know, we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by pop menu. Look, I don't need to explain to you that restaurants have been hit hard over the past few years, which means restaurant owners and their staff have been working harder than ever. Trying to meet the demands of in-person hospitality can be demanding, which is why I recommend pop menu answering. Pop Menu Answering turns every restaurant phone call into an opportunity. This is because it uses artificial intelligence to answer the simple questions that are tying up your phone lines like, can I make a reservation or where are you located or what are your hours? And over 50% of restaurant guests are happy to have their questions answered by an automated system. Within the Pop Menu platform, you can customize answers for your restaurant and choose the voice your guests hear and even send follow-up links via text message. Pop Menu Answering picks up your phone call 24-7, 365 days a year, allowing you and your team to focus on what matters most, your guests in-house. The time is now to prevent lost customers and impress your guests with pop menu answering. And for a limited time, my listeners can get $100 off your first month plus lock in one unchanging monthly rate at popmenu.com slash unstoppable. Go now to get $100 off your first month and learn more about pop menus, full collection of tools at popmenu.com backslash unstoppable. We are back. Um, paint the picture of what Utopia Bagel is today. Uh, today, we are the best bagel 
in the world. And I will state that and stand behind it. Uh, we are a huge community store. People rely on us every day of their lives, and I feel honored by that. I love that. But so the values are there. Um, what about the physical footprint of the business? The the channels of income, the channels of revenue, the business. How's the business of Utopia Bagels transformed? <sighs> well, it, it's definitely changed, especially through the pandemic. I think the pandemic changed businesses' footprint or what you talk about to where it's you don't know what's coming up next. You know, yeah. uh, when the world shut down. The biggest question was, are we going to be open? Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, we're essential. Of course we're going to be open. So here's what one thing I'm kind of curious. I've been sitting on this question for a while. It's kind of an awkward question. Why is Jesse sitting here? Why is Jesse still here? <laughs> yeah, why is he sitting here? Why is he at the table? Well, listen, my son is an incredible, important part of our business. Uh, Jesse has expanded our exposure. Uh He's fully taken over all the social media. At one point, I was running it. <laughs> um, you know, I got on a couple of videos because a few people knew me very well and loved this You're place. You're character, man. You're a lot of fun <laughs> to be around. You really are. Uh, you know, I, I definitely say it like it is. I'm not a yes guy. I will tell you exactly like I feel. I and, admire that. And, and I'm not afraid to stand behind what I say because... Again, I've been through a lot in my life, you know. Uh, I've raised four children. That's my greatest accomplishment. About to become grandparents, me and my wife. Nice. Uh, we're twins. No, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong guy. But again, getting back to my son. Wrong guy. You know, today's business with a 41-year-old business is extremely important for the younger generation to get involved and it's even more important to have the confidence of the older people to let them go mm. because those are the things that stop business um, there's a lot of businesses I see out there that either the children just live off of or their their parents is uh, you know uh, reputation and they just want to eat at it or just you know well this is i had so many questions for you guys when i came in here earlier because it's usually the the well you're technically second generation with this business because yeah. like you didn't like you weren't the founder right, right? you're yep. the co-owner so anthony is passing the baton to you and it looks like you're setting up jesse to receive the baton or he's already technically uh amazing are you like is his you're co you're both co-owners i introduced you both as co-owners but do you own equity in the business jesse I own equity in certain parts of the business. Okay, that's know? interesting. So I like it's that. it's a fair you know share and everything. I think I take um, full responsibility as like a chief operating officer. I guess you could say. Yeah, so I like, feel like I should have given you guys a heads up that I ask very personal questions. <laughs> that, that, but, the per but the reason is because like this is the, it's the business behind the business. It's the important to, to to just like what you said. It's important to keep the drive going. Yes, and if if. Money is not the total thing behind it because you could say, okay, let's sign a contract. This is what you're getting paid and you got to give somebody a lot of money or understand of where we're going and you're going to be a part of it. Yeah. So it's very important. And, and listen, to have diversity, people talk about stocks and, 
you know, you got to diversify. You got to diversify. That is something we continue to accomplish here. And he's been a big part of that. Mm. Uh, getting involved with the food truck. Okay. Expanding this gold belly. Okay. You know, that was what uh, I was talking about. Expanding social media has no. been so totally Jesse that you can't deny it. And that's also what got me to where I was, where my partner had to say, you know what? I don't need your money. You've earned this. Sweat and equity. also been able for me to feel it and approach that mm. you know uh again it's about walking the walk and talking the talk yep. you know a busy day you'll see me online and people may say you're the owner what the fuck are you doing online making a bagel sandwich it's important in business i i agree that's that's one of those things where it's like both paths the answer i think is yes you need to be able to have the option to walk away from your business to go take care of other business or you shouldn't be a slave to your business. Right. But at the same time you should be willing and you should even put on the gloves. Yeah. And like, it. like you don't want to be a slave to your business, but you should be want, but you should also, in my opinion, want to be at your business unless your business is, is building and scaling and moving on. There's a million different ways you can be involved in the business. Right. Uh, but you have to have that person there that, it has that that sense of ownership, that presence. You need the presence there. You need to have some presence there. Jesse, same question. What is the footprint of Utopia Bagels today? I think the footprint of Utopia Bagels is that when we work with other people, they know that we're going to come correct and we're going to come right. And we're expanding into different markets of places and we're known as a premium brand, the premium product and premium people to work with. So as you said, we've, ex we've expanded into gold belly. We've expanded. We've recently signed an exclusive deal with Uber eats. Um, that's our only delivery platform. We, uh, work with fresh direct. We have a food truck. So as we continue to expand our reach, we're doing it like our original base with great quality. And I think that's the key in everything we do today. Where was the wholesale business before 2013? It was doing the um, deliveries to local she holds, diners. She's the glue. We were talking about this earlier. She makes sure everything r runs smoothly. She's coming over here. She is is Mrs. Spellman. By the way. Yeah. Uh, came over here. She dropped the pill on the table and a, and a bottle of water, making sure Mr. <laughs> Mr. Spellman is doing, doing good over here. The blood yeah. pressure pill. Yeah. yeah. So prior to 2013, the wholesale business was pretty much just delivering to local diners doing you know we have a a donut shop that we supply all their bagels to um you know just local stuff not so much as like this nationwide thing that we've grown it to today and getting into everybody's households and and really becoming like a personable product i was a little distracted by the glue statement i'm sorry uh, <laughs> so the the footprint um where was the wholesale business in 2013 because we talked earlier you're like 60 40 now 60 percent of the bagels you make go out the door the back door yeah right for wholesale, for wholesale. and then 40 percent in the, the retail side so prior 2013 our wholesale business was pretty much delivering to local diners um local coffee shops supplying them with bagels not really supplying that big chain company like a fresh direct or now we're doing nationwide shipping and wholesale with gold belly so where was where's the split then what was the split then it was 40 still, 60 40 it, it was probably close to like 
52, 55 wholesale. Because back in the day, we they were baking so many bagels that a lot of people would come pick them up here. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it was tremendously. You're, you're, again, you're talking. 35 years ago it was kind of like in-store wholesale where you had like a handshake agreement like all right come get five dozen i'll give it to you for you know two dollars off the thing but in a way from uh, wholesale pickup to wholesale delivery there you go that's the key point right there yeah so logistically a wholesale delivery is a different game logistically pickup is put it in a box and we'll come come get get it it and then bring it to your restaurant serve it to your customers exactly when you started doing more delivery did you was fresh direct your first fresh fresh direct was um, your our first endeavor, which was a big monster to take what on. What is Fresh Direct? We can't Fresh Direct is an is. online supermarket outlet. More people are familiar with like an Amazon Fresh kind of deal where you order stuff online and it gets delivered to your house. But Fresh Direct was one of the first companies. They are the around. number one online supermarket in, in the, the East five boroughs. The in five boroughs, yeah. So it's big in the tri-state area. Yes, tri-state area tremendously. Yeah, because yeah. I, I I've never heard of Fresh. I'm, I'm from New Hampshire. We yeah. don't have that Fresh Direct. Yeah, but Fresh Direct's not on the West know. Coast or anything like that. New the, York, you yeah. know, Massachusetts it's in, Jersey, got Connecticut. It. Got it, got it. So um, Fresh, they came in 2013 is when you when you, when you you came and you said, okay, I'm going to take over this for the wholesale. Uh, we're going to create these channels of, of, of new revenue uh, to increase our footprint. Uh, you also knocked down this wall in 2013. The, the Kung Fu kids got kicked out. Um, <laughs> and then you had more uh, space to, to do more volume. Yes. Uh, what was the next evolution for you guys? You know, again, expanding our product line, uh, our menu was a big part of it. You know, I, I again, my concept was 31 flavors. <laughs> We're going to have 31 sandwiches. Yeah. Uh, I think that was a big uh, part of people looking up and, wow, look at all these choices. And basically, another big part of business, which I always tell, is not to have waste. If you could cut back on your waste, it's going to help your business tremendously. So, you know, we sell cold cuts by the pound. But what I had in mind was giving a name to a sandwich of every particular cold cut that we had. And that's basically what I did with our menu board. And I chose all these old school names and but you, we got you, the Virginia Wolf. We got the well, Buffalo Bill. <laughs> well, the Worth It was another product that came involved because we, uh, my daughter worked for a company called BuzzFeed, which I'm sure everybody knows about. And uh, we would supply BuzzFeed with what was called Bagel Friday. Okay. So we their would offices. send their whole office. We would so send now you're doing about, catering. Yeah, yeah. We did about 1,000 bagels every Friday to BuzzFeed. So does catering fall into your wholesale for you? Do you guys group catering to wholesale, or is that a separate vertical? No, I would say more that oh, catering is more retail end of our business. Oh, yeah, that's you what know? I think. Yeah, I yeah. think that would be qualified under there. Um, so w- at BuzzFeed, the uh, producers and the announcers or the, the people that would host a show called The Worth It Show, which my understanding is the largest watched video show on YouTube. Uh, they tasted a bagel. And what it really is, they take three price points and they go to each store and say, what's the most worth it? Okay. Now, we were the dollar bagel first versus the $1,000 bagel. And, of course, 
we kicked the shit out of the thousand dollar bagel. <laughs> but the- at the same token, I was not going to let a dollar bagel just be on our table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when they were there, I came up with a bagel with cream cheese, lox, tomatoes, red onions, and capers. A beautifully colored sandwich. And uh, listen, I thought it, it was a, a, a big sandwich that we would sell because a lot of people would love that sandwich. But I knew it was going to be right for them at the time. So I basically told the camera guy, go go watch my guy slice the locks because my guy, it's very um, entertaining watching him slice, watching him make the sandwich, and then I brought it over to them as they were talking about the dollar bagel, and they were just blown away. Uh, one of their scenes in their show is usually the camera guy coming around and taking a bite out of the sandwich. He took a bite and grabbed the whole sandwich and left the sack, <laughs> you know. And one guy said basically he could eat this every day of his life. So we kept people, oh, I want that sandwich on the show. I want the sandwich on the show. And a year later on the guy's birthday, who um, um, is Stephen uh, Lynn, who's one of the announcers for the Worth It show, I put on our board the Worth It sandwich, yeah. honoring his birthday and honoring his show, and it just clicked. Yeah. It's probably our biggest selling sandwich, and I think I made it for you today. So. Yeah, it, it was worth it, man. <laughs> I'm trying to cut back on my calories, but I took a hit because it was worth it. Yeah, uh, Delicious, for sure. Um, so you can see like the natural progression. Uh, it, uh, Anthony was kind of stuck in his way, right? Yeah. And he kind of had a thumb on everything. And it got to a point for him where the, the world was evolving around him, but he was kind of staying in his lane, staying in his path. 100%. And if you're not willing to evolve, if you're not willing to change, uh, you can be the best, but staying in one spot and not changing, eventually the world's going to change around you, right? Yeah, I think he needed someone that if you're not growing him and you're not to trust yeah. to be able to take that leap with yeah. onto the next stage of the business yeah because he couldn't do it alone he was already at the oven working those hours he didn't know the more corporate side of the business and to really be able to get into that with someone that had um, a bit of experience in it. and i think that's where the perfect combination came between my father and him you Got know it. also understanding the restaurant business and understanding price points and understanding what things cost and expanding in those ways, those are what his managers or who helped them along those 30 years did not bring to the table. Yeah. And those are very important things. And that's something I did with the restaurant business too. Uh, there were things I came here and looked at some of his books. And again, Anthony was an old school. If somebody told him, oh, the prices are being raised tomorrow, okay, sign off and get it. I looked at some of his bills and right away, I cut down his cost on flour right away. I'm like, you're paying this for flour? I mean, no, no. it's okay to, for prices to raise because that's what's going to happen over time. You can't stop inflation. It's going to happen. But are you changing your prices to reflect the increased cost? And that's, I think, where people get afraid. They're afraid to change their price. Like, the the price slowly increases, you know, uh, 10 cents, you know, today, another 10 but cents. But again, he was also an old school and, type of guy that he would stick with one guy. Yeah. You know, in this market, in this day, you need to expand and multiple distributors and multiple distributors because, you know, basically in business, the big distributors buy in huge bulk. So when the prices are going up, it's better to buy from a big guy. 
Yeah. Because they've bought it at a lower market. You don't see those peaks and valleys. Right. Kind of when prices are going down, it's better to guy buy from a small guy because he's getting the prices at yeah. that particular mo- moment. So I'm a big... Listen, I, I look at agriculture reports a lot. I get them every Monday. Sent Where do you to get me. those? How do I get Through this the email. You can just... Go what, on. What's what's the report? Um, it's just an agri. I don't know exactly what thing I subscribe to, but it's agriculture reports, and they'll show you prices where flowers going, where meats are going, where eggs are going, where cheeses are going, and that gives me a little insight. And they'll also give a short review. Of, hey, this stuff is running out, you know, stuff like that. So that's stock times up. where I'll stock up on stuff. We'll we'll have things all over the place. Some of my guys, why do we have? Oh. Relax. Don't worry. We're going to run out of it next week because there's not going to be any in the market. Yeah, so yeah. those are important things as a business owner to be involved in. You need to always look past today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything. So we, let's just see. Make sure we got it all on the table. Uh, there's Gold Belly, which is probably more recent. But let's go see if I can't go in direct order. Um you blew up the wall that gave you more room to grow your wholesale uh, to, well, fresh, to do volume, direct, yeah. fresh direct. Uh, from there, you started doing more catering. Uh, you, you, at some point, took on Gold Belly. Uh, you, you're in City Center. When did that happen? City well, Field. Yeah, City, City Field. Field. Well, you know, again, what happened after we expanded, the place took on a different look. Um, it definitely was more modernized. 2013. Yeah, 2000. You know, we reopened. Reopened 2014. We closed for one month, and I thought I was going to get lynched. I'll tell you the <laughs> truth. <laughs> well, you know, we we changed the look of the place. We put cement floors down. We have windows that open up to to let air in at times. Um, the outside actually is a lot changed since the pandemic, but I wanted to give it that more. Um, wow look when you walked in here. Sort of like you were in like maybe the meatpacking industry or Tribeca look to it. That's what I wanted to bring here. Um, and I think we accomplished it uh, by changing the real look of it. And I also wanted to give everybody that wow factor here by looking at my fridge and saying, my God, look at the selection. There's it nothing. Does pop. You know, even my bakery. Like, uh, again, Anthony would have one type of uh, uh, stick, apple stick. I wanted the pineapple. I wanted the raspberry. I wanted five different types of scones. I wanted 20 different types of muffins. But at the same token, I wanted quality too. And that's a big part. We small batch a lot of our stuff here. And that's something we do every day. We don't overbake. We keep everything small. When we come down and running out, we're going to make more. And that's a big part. Um, you know, in the bagel industry, most bagel stores close their ovens at 10 o'clock. It's very, uh, it's not hey, very often yeah, when you're going to get a hot, <laughs> hot bagel. Here you can come in towards the end of the day. You tell me you're a first time. I'm going to reach in my oven and I get your hot bagel. Yeah, there you go. I was going to bagel. Yeah. yeah. So it, those are the impo- important parts. But again, going through the trans transition of where we came to. Yeah, Fresh Direct came on and it grew our business. So we had the backbone of taking on that second store. We're back. Uh, Pops had a rollout real quick. Yeah. He's back of house helping out. Uh, I'm not sure what was going on over there, but we still got Jesse on the mic, and I think Jesse, this is actually a good time for Jesse to kind of 
take over a lot of the things that uh, had you guys been working on the expansion of your footprint and all that stuff. Um, that's a lot of what you, that's most of these expansions are your, your babies, right? Yeah. The food trucks, your baby, the gold belly is your baby. What else is your baby? Um, the Instagram is definitely Social media my is biggest thing. Yeah. I, I hand do all the videos myself, edit them myself, make sure the posts go up myself. How many followers do you have on Instagram? Right now we're at 62,000. Damn. 400. How many followers did you have when you first started? Doing Zero. Zero. <laughs> I started it from the ground up, not a dollar spent on any ad marketing, anything like that. Wow. Just all natural growth. And I think that really is the key. What's when your you're, strategy? My strategy is to always stay on top of the algorithm and always stay on top of the trends and noticing those trends changing and adjusting to them. You can't stay the same way forever. Like back when we first started the Instagram, I was posting pictures every day and staying on top of that. Now the new thing is reels and you got to feel comfortable to jump into that. I have no experience in video editing. I never did. I didn't go to school for that. So if I could do it, anybody could do it. And you just need to keep putting up content, staying consistent. That's the biggest thing for me. You'll learn as you go along. Don't feel afraid to post something because you think, oh, it's not going to do good. Post it, roll with it, adjust the next time you post it. Yeah. And that's how you're going to learn yeah. from self-teaching yourself. And that's yeah. what I, I pretty much did that. Where did you go to learn? Where, what was your best, your, your favorite resource to find out how to do social media? I would just look at other creators online. There's a guy named Five Borough Foodie. His name is Alex. We actually have a secret menu sandwich here after him. And I think that's a that he's a great videographer and he really has the perfect touch when it comes to Instagram and putting the right sounds, the right motions on camera and all that. It's a lot more than just seeing the video and that's what it is. But um, if you look at his account, you can see he's the real deal. Yeah. So uh, talking about Gold Belly, um, you already kind of had your infrastructure for like the, the wholesale with Fresh Direct. Uh, how easy was the transition to Gold Belly? Did they approach you? Did, did you approach them? I was um, on Instagram looking into getting to nationwide shipping. And I was looking at a couple different outlets of how to do that. If we should do it on our own and create our own website for it and manage all the shipping and everything like that. And then I came across Gold Belly while doing some research. And I saw that they were taking food partners and handling the shipping for them logistics. and kind of managing the logistics behind UPS, FedEx, customer delivery, receiving, label printing and all that. So I reached out to them um, pre-pandemic 2019 towards the end of the year. And right away, they, they were like, oh, you guys were on our radar. We were actually going to reach out to you. Let's set up a meeting. So I called a man named Ken, who was our account manager at the time, and we set up to launch early 2020 january february uh, i got pushed back like a month with paperwork now we're in march the pandemic rolls around me and my father take a step back now and we're like hey do we really want to push with this thing or do we want to take a step back and see where we're at with the pandemic what's going to go down so we had a meeting me and my dad i'm like i think we should push this forward because people are going to be home and they're going to want something sent to them it's it this is the perfect opportunity it was literally like a match made in heaven yeah people being at home us being able to ship nationwide right to the doorstep i was like let's go ken calls me he's like we really want to get you guys on asap like let's let's go throw the website up we'll fix everything after we put a website like with him we put the pictures up usually they take partners into their office and they take pictures of them i i had my friend's mom come who's a photographer take nice. pictures of everything i was like we got to get this up like tomorrow we set it up bam instant hit we're getting orders from all around the country texas california alaska hawaii now we've shipped to all 50 states over 30,000 households 
And I think that moment of us deciding whether we should take a risk, push forward or pull back was really the make or break it point for us because now they have plenty of other potential bagel partners. We're their number one bagel partner on the site. Wow. Congratulations. That's I, a big, I would feel like that's a big segment. I yeah, mean, it is. Bagel, bagels and ship it. You have to remember, it's not just about what kind of food is on there. It's about what food ships well. Yeah. So, so that's my next question. ships very well. Are you, are you shipping fully baked bagels or are you, are you shipping part baked? No, we're, we're, shi- we're not shipping frozen at all. We're shipping fresh, fully baked bagels. Okay. So we'll bake them that day. They'll be shipped out that day. They'll be at your house the next morning. Beautiful. That's beautiful. So what, how, like, how has your, your revenue increase like how, what kind of dent has this made in your bottom line with gold belly yeah um our first year on gold belly we did seven hundred thousand in sales so what how does that translate into profitability um when you're talking about a wholesale profitability profitability it's a lot more than retail profitability because your labor cost is low you can really pinpoint your margins on packaging which you can get lower when you find the right people to go behind and order that cer- those certain supplies to get the patchy- packaging together. So when you look at the profit profitability margins, it's way higher than a retail store. So if you're bringing in $700,000 just through Goldbelly, that's gross volume, yeah. gross revenue. What what are your margins? Say like a good margin for like any restaurant is it's 12 to 18% yeah, usually. Right. That's so, the usual. Good restaurants get it up to 22. Yeah. For wholesale, on Gold Belly, we're at like forty-five to fifty-two wow. percent, depending on the time of so year. And it, it was it was a no-brainer. Obviously. Near three hundred fifty thousand dollars of profit. Yeah, for that's sure. That's awesome. And that's that's a tr- and that was year one. Year but, two. Okay. One point two million. Nice. Did you increase? Did you did you find to did you increase those margins too? After a year doing this, did you find ways to? Oh, a hundred percent. So how you did saw- you squeeze the the lemon? How did you get? How did you increase your margins? My biggest thing is about efficiency. So if I could pay people less hours to do more work, that was the biggest thing for me. And that comes with efficiency. When we first started uh, Gold Belly, I had the kids using tape guns by hand and the workers using tape guns by hand. I bought a tape machine. That's how Amazon packages their packages. Instant, you know, something that's going to take a kid four hours to make a hundred boxes now just decreased it to 30 minutes yeah so now you're paying somebody for 30 minutes of work at what 15 20 bucks an hour i don't know what the new york yeah. rates are but i'm sure they're not they're high right? yeah uh so you're for every and this is every day four hours a day to 30 minutes a day exactly that compounds man that over a, over weeks over months over years that's yeah. a big that's the same thing we did in store too with so we used to hand crack our eggs um, and we crack a lot of eggs here. We probably crack around uh, forty five hundred a week. So that's a damn lot of eggs, and yeah. a damn amount of eggs. And it took our our kitchen guy. That's a second an egg. Think Maybe about a half that. Second if you're we're, really good. Yeah, we're probably cracking eggs for eight hours a week. Yeah. I bought a machine from Germany. Nobody knows about this machine. If I show it to you, you're gonna lose your mind. <laughs> Tell me about this machine. You take a carton of eggs, you dump it into the machine. It separates the eggshells to one disposable garbage and it brings out the liquid into your bucket where you want to put the eggs and it cracks 10,000 eggs an hour. Damn. So we went from 
cracking, let's say, 5,000 eggs over eight hours to 5,000 eggs in 20, 30 minutes. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's always like little things, thinking outside the box, not being afraid to spend money. In the that automate. is a thing. The machine is not cheap. Yeah. $7,000 machine right here we're talking 7, 000, about. 7000 but you're saving, saving how many labor hours per week? Seven and a half. Seven so and a half over time, yeah. it makes sense. You save your money in less than a year. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely comes back. And then... You know how does that? How long does that? You know over. Yeah, it's I don't over need to time. Get the you're listeners make, get it. Yeah. You're gonna make money. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we're talking about how you've. Um. I think it's important for people to know that Gold Belly isn't something. I don't know if everybody's gonna have the same amount of success that you had with Gold Belly. That is true. During the holiday seasons and and gift giving, definitely you're gonna get the orders coming in, and that's something that people like to share is love through food, mm-hmm. and that's something that Gold Belly pushes is sharing love through food, and that comes with gift giving. So during the holiday seasons, you do see your orders increase, but you also have to have brand recognition to get that kind of success, and you have to work at it too. And it's not easy to run a wholesale operation. I'm making it seem easy by saying, oh yeah, the, the profit margin is 52%. Everybody could, no, it's, you have to know what you're doing. Like if you saw how we started to how we are now, it's a big difference as far as machinery, as far as setting up uh, a location, everything like that. It's it's a really, it's a task. Uh, Scott's back at the table. I hope you don't mind. We, we continue back. the conversation. Yeah. Uh, let me catch you up. So basically real quick, Jesse just got into the, I said, Jesse, okay, what what is what are you responsible for? We talked a little bit about social media. We talked a little bit about uh, Fresh Direct. And now we're talking about how he scaled Gold Belly. So all the things that he manages, we basically talked about. Uh, he also started talking, I think it was off the air, about the evolution with Fresh Direct, how you guys went from a van to a bigger van. Yeah, so van. <laughs> we, yeah. We, uh, we started out of a little blue van that my father actually had before we came to Utopia Bagels where he was doing his paper good business out of. So we took that van and me and him started hand delivering our deliveries to uh, Fresh Direct. And I would crouch down in the back of the van and throw them up to him as he's waiting on the top of the loading dock. Yeah. We, our van wasn't even high enough to back it in straight to the loading dock. So we're like five feet off. I'm throwing it, throwing it. Kill. I didn't even go to the gym that day because I killed mo- myself. How many boxes were you seeing? 300, 250. No, no, it wasn't that. The van, oh, the van fit 180. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. The van well, maxed out at 180. Yeah. Sorry. No. And then there was a white van after Now, that. then we yeah. bought a white van, which I could finally stand up in. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but you're still throwing them up. I was still throwing them up. Yeah. <laughs> now we uh, we turn to a 16 foot uh, freezer truck. Nice. So yeah. we load up pallets, get them wrapped before we get there. We pull up there, load right into the dock, come in with a with a uh, pallet carrier, and they bring them out. Easy, yeah. you know, 15 minute process. Yeah. Well, back the then, I also hours. found these great blankets that would keep things frozen in the van yeah we had to so blanket I'd up put the blankets over the frozen boxes <laughs> to keep to them, get yeah. them. insulated you know, blankets in summer you, you'd have to keep them frozen yeah um i think the big thing there though is just start with where you can i think people look at what you guys got going on and they start aiming for that on day one I or agree. they think that they can't ever catch up but it's just like you guys didn't start there you didn't start with three uh stores worth of you know uh i guess physical space like a square feet you know you had one store blew out one wall had another we even when did this other wall get blown out that was more recently so that was done during the pandemic mm-hmm. uh End again 2020 i felt right away um we needed to stop 
getting production up during the pandemic. Uh, that's, that's all in the back, though. That that didn't include that didn't expand your front of house. Did it? No, 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 front no. Of it house. was you Our know customers there was can't a, even see it. Yeah, yeah, there was a couple of things I knew during the pandemic we needed to do right away. So we had to we had to get production going up with our rolling, and we also had to take care of the line faster. So in the store we had refrigerators in the back of the house. So if cream cheese ran out in the front, we'd have to go to the back of the house. If cold cuts ran out, we'd have to go in the back. So on that other side, we also made a little cutting room for the Nova. So we'd cut Nova in between everybody making their sandwiches. I knew we had to get that set off to the side. And we also needed a walk-in box right behind the counter. So that... <laughs> help production of the line move faster. Got it, got it. And that was a very important thing during the pandemic, I yeah. have to say. So what happened after like the pandemic hits? Um, I know a big part, like you were rolling out Gold Belly around that time. Yes. Yeah, so you're, you're questioning whether or not you, you should do it. Jesse told us that you obviously chose to do it because people, you, you're going to lose your storefront business. Like You're going to lose 40% of your, your I mean, that's possibly. what you thought. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not what, what happened. happened. Yeah. So right away, I knew when the pandemic hit that I had to be here. That was one main thing. And I stayed here almost two years straight every single day because I thought it was a very important fact that people actually saw me. And if they saw me, they said, wow, at least Scotty's feeling OK. You know, we can come to the store. <laughs> we didn't close one day during we the pandemic. We didn't close That's one day during the pandemic. Did you get pushback? Because I know that it was a weird time. Because people, oh man, I, I don't want to. Pushback meaning what? I'm very neutral. Just politically, I'm very neutral. I'm not left. I'm not right. Uh, but That's there what's were, the beauty about a bagel. It brings the left and the right together. Yeah. Right to the center <laughs> of the hole. That, I'm telling you, is a true fact. Yeah, but the, the, but there were a lot of people that would get pissed off at businesses. Oh, for refused. staying open? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, you're, you're, Listen, you're I got spreader. calls. Oh, don't you know this? And don't you know that? And, you know. Hey, you know, we're still the, here, aren't we? Yeah. Listen, the one I mean, unfair legally, thing. Legally, we were allowed to stay open. Yes. So yeah. we did that it. That was know, the main thing that I got right away at the same time our wholesale business was increasing it exploded here, so we had to be here anyway yeah. so we decided you know leave the doors open let them come in at the same time thinking of that all of our staff wouldn't have had work well that was the other part of the pushback is sometimes a lot of employees would be like i'm not going to work you're putting me at risk by going to that work. did happen with it a few of them it did happen but yeah. also yeah. the ones who stayed they needed to work they yeah. you know they they needed to support their families and that's what the store did and i get that side of it too i'm not i'm not cold-hearted i understand that early on the pandemic we nobody knew what was going on we did the right thing I think we kind of tapped the brakes a little too long. I think we could probably open up a little faster, if I'm being honest. Uh, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people, if I'm being honest, use it as an excuse to not go to work and to collect a paycheck. Oh, with you know, there's there's different phases of that. You know, where people were taken off longer than they should have, or reporting that oh, their family member had it, so I could stay out. I think a lot a lot of the job, um, the union workers, and all that uh, that. I think happened in that end of the business, but I mean, if you looked at what the CDC was saying, if if somebody in your house did have it, or somebody you knew that you were in, that you were in, came in contact it, with, it, then what you do is they they were right according to the 100%, CDC. A hundred percent, a hundred, especially in an area like New York City where you guys live on top of each other, highly like, populated. Yeah, exactly. I'm from East Bumfuck, New Hampshire. Like we didn't really get <laughs> you to, got space. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we could spread out. 
Uh, so I get it. It's different in the city. But um, I, I, I felt that that was also a very important part of our store. We have an outside seating area that's enclosed, and it's outside seating, but it's enclosed. We, it's steel enforced. It has air conditioning. It has heating. It has windows that open up for fresh air. In the store, all the tables that are out there were in the store. So we used to have seating right where we are, right where we're sitting. There was seating, and like on a Sunday, the line would wiggle through this whole seating area. It was almost like a sight. People would want to come to actually see that happening. But I knew right away I needed to make space. Mm-hmm. That was a really important part of getting all of the furniture and the fixtures out of here. So also authorities, which became the building department, which was kind of a little crazy, became the COVID police to see if you had inside seating, you know, you had a certain requirements you had to do. But because we had no inside seating, all those things were we were takeout, you yeah. know, and that's what helped getting enough space here, making spots where people were six feet away, uh, giving an area for the pickups like Uber to come in and have enough room and revamp that. And also at the same token, make the, where I say every inch you have to sell something, our areas for selling expanded on the floor too, which we never had before. So those are things that helped us through. And you also want to have enough space to make the people feel comfortable enough to come into your store. Yeah. Now, yeah. Those were all part really important. Now, business interruptions were another. Workers, you know, you had to be prepared to work the line a lot more. Yeah. You know, uh, supplies. It was really... A, a time where I read uh, agricultural reports and spoke to my distributors a lot of, uh, ahead of time and purchased certain things more that I needed. Uh, and it's still going on today, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, getting the same. I talk about being consistent. And those are the things that were really and still are tough today in business. That's actually a great segue because one of the things um, we hear a lot of, I think I've noticed this personally and the people I've interviewed, it's a, the, the, the brands that are doing one thing really well that are scaling really fast right now. And I think it sounds almost like Utopia started as one thing really well and then expanded to other things. Uh, why is that the approach that you're taking? Why do you think that that's better than putting all of your energy into one thing? Well, again, it's about being diversified. Yeah. And, and, and diversification could be like my son. He got the food truck. Yeah. We started doing branching that. We started doing Gold Belly. We started doing Fresh Direct. But diversifying in your store is also important. It also brings more opportunities, diversifying like yeah. that. You reach a different clientele. Well, are you guys looking to scale Utopia throughout the country, or are you using uh, the well, digital you know, footprint? Uh, but going on, I want to just bring it on like one of the big things my son brought in here he brought in a, a vegan menu that's another diversification we're talking here. about that at, you know that right, was yeah. a that was a very important because pe- our bagel is vegan yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we have the base of it 
But bringing that and 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 the quality behind it, you yeah. know, my son was so like looking into every ingredient, make sure there's no egg in there, Dad. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we want to make sure that we're speaking with the right people when they call and being sure. Like people call me today, there's no way that chicken quesadilla is not vegan. It's it's chicken. You're lying to me. Yeah. I'm like, you want to come and read the that, ingredients in the box? <laughs> that bacon, egg, and cheese, bacon, and, uh, <laughs> bacon or whatever, uh, bagel. I mean, I, I saw that. He's like, this is our vegan. I was like, there's bacon on it. I can see it says bacon. He's like, it's vegan bacon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. So, the, yeah, the, we the, thought that was important to touch on, you know, another community because veganism is another community. Vegans, yeah. they have their own, you know community and they want to go to your place to try that and, yeah. and experience things too you know if, if people came here they were stuck to getting tofu cream cheese on a bagel so, yeah, so we opened another horizon for them yeah. another op option you're broader you're broadening your target market yeah, yeah. Sure. uh so the only thing i think don't think we really talked a lot about so really the kind of, i feel like the theme is uh scale doesn't have to be physical footprint I mean, you have scaled your physical footprint in this one location, uh, but you don't have to scale to multiple, multiple units. locations. Sorry, go ahead. You know, it's something me and my son battle about a little bit about expanding and talking about that. You Whose side is it? Who's on which? Who wants to? Well, you know, I'm always a firm believer that you could advance. You got to protect. Okay. You know, you can't... Uh, throw a pass at the foreign yard line when you got a rusher that can rush it in you gotta you know you gotta maintain a little bit before you could advance further um, so how do you know it's time to advance uh you know sometimes you gotta believe in your people like my son uh and, and stuff like that um about expanding to other stores i'm a firm believer that once you leave that footprint and go to another store, it, it comes into play when the cat's away, the mice will play, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So you're kind of going to lose some financial uh, loss in your business. And I always look at it, maybe you're going to lose 10%. So wherever you're going to go next, if you're going to go advance into another store, you got to make up that 10%. Now, if you're growing at one spot, to me, you don't need to go there. Now, when we talk about franchising, um, I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah, uh, I like the idea of that, but we haven't really gotten a model yet for that. But what I do believe is happening, what my son is really doing, and both of us are kind of doing, is branding us. Yeah. You know, putting out our cups with our names on it. Yeah, yeah. Putting out bags on things. You got sweatshirts. You got sweatshirts, hats. You got hats. So those sleeves, are the you got things sleeves, you that got I believe yeah. you need to brand yourself yeah. to be capable of going franchise. You're also putting your brand on digital. You're expanding your digital brand. 100%. Gold Belly, uh, direct, Fresh Direct, uh, Uber Eats is the thing that we haven't really talked about. You just signed an exclusive deal with Uber Eats. So now you're taking, instead of, uh, I just had uh, Figure 8 Logistics, Scott Landers on the show. He specializes in in delivery logistics, right? That's all he does. Catering, third party, native, whatever. You're choosing to do third party. You're choosing to say, hey, why would we do this in-house? Why would we create our own native? They used to do native delivery when you would deliver your wholesale. Wholesale, to yes. But we, we still do catering delivery. Yeah, we okay. still cater delivery. Yeah, on a big, you know, someone has a, 
a funeral or a baby shower or wedding. Catering deliveries. We'll do local so like which, that, but not for a dozen bagels. Not a, it's it, it's a lot of work. It's an, another person you got to watch out for and hire. So it's just a little too much. So with us. yeah, so with the uh, delivery, what you're going with Uber Eats, Gold Bellies, these are marketplaces. Yeah. So yeah. you're um, with Gold Belly. Do you get any of your customer data? No, that's the one thing that Goldbelly and uh, Uber Eats, they have their customer that they, they collect the customer data. Yeah. Um, but I know with some of the third party delivery, like, is it Uber? Maybe it's Door. There's one of the platforms where you don't necessarily, you can choose to use their logistics or delivery logistics uh, to, to fulfill the delivery, but the order comes through your native like PO. You chow, can do that with now. all of those platforms, yeah. though. You could choose like Uber. That's will, Chow now. Yeah, but okay. there's other there's other platforms where you could just have the delivery and and use your. No, he's saying to use the delivery. So basically, the, the transaction comes, comes through. They go to uh, utopiabagels.com. Right. They place the order, and then then in the back end, something pushes to a third party. That delivery. Says, it's a delivery. You have yeah. a delivery. Go yeah, pick that's it up. Chow now. Yeah, I think it's, I think there's I think Door Dash does door that too, and and, like and Grubhub and maybe. those places will do that also for you if you want to sign up for those type of things, but you know. I think the big part of us going with exclusive with Uber is having the confidence in the company. Okay. Um, and they're everywhere. The name yeah. is everywhere. But for us, the Utopia brand is so big that people will search to get us through Uber. Okay. Where they may be have. You know, all the other companies that we were associated with probably, well, you don't want to just be exclusive because you're going to lose your base there. I wasn't too afraid of that because of who we are. Was there something that happened that made you go direct exclusive uh, yeah. with Uber and yeah. cutting uh, out all the other companies? Uh, there was a several things that played part, but just them, certain companies not standing up for who they were, certain situations that happened that that I didn't like went down and I said, you know what? Now's the time to hit the switch. Yeah. And it actually has turned out my son will, will like me saying it, that he was right. He was pushing for this for a while, uh, claiming it was going to make it easier. I thought Over it was going to make it, make it harder. Why did you think it was going to be harder? Um, I thought their platform didn't address everything I wanted. What did you want? Um, I wanted more communication with the individual customer. Data? And not just so much data, but the ability to speak to somebody. When we get an order, the ability to speak to that customer in certain platforms was there. Uber wants you to... Direct communication, to like their phone number yeah. or whatnot. So those were the things that I didn't like about Uber. Um, and, but as it turned out, they are there for us. We are able, we're having less, um, breakdowns. We're having, uh, more of our waters being fully committed and taken care of a hundred percent. They are logistics. Yeah. A big thing that made us switch to Uber also was a woman who's our account manager actually named Nikki Meadows. I don't know if, um, you know this. Shout like out Uber. to Nikki. What up, Nikki? <laughs> but uh, Uber 
gave us a specific account manager that I could, you know, talk to daily. You know, we'll set weekly meetings where we'll, we're, we're going to go over the numbers, go over how our ad spend is going, go over the certain routes that we need to take to reach that customer there, to reach the new customers, to reach back to the old customers and go out and spend the marketing budget that we have with them. So that's a thing that Uber did uh, tremendously better than the other companies. I have her direct number. She has my direct number. We're not going going through an email list to get to this person, then to get to that person, and then finally talk to the person in charge. It's it feels like it's a partnership more. And that that's that was one of the things that broke down in the other companies. Do you want to see the other companies? Are you afraid to see the other companies? No, no. It's, it's <laughs> we Grub, had Grubhub and Grubhub DoorDash. Grubhub and DoorDash. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, they all try to get on the bandwagon after we pulled the switch or yeah. as we... Because, again, I'm I'm a type of person. I, I wear things right on my chest. I shoot right from the shoulders. I did not hide this from everybody. And I gave them the ability to try to maybe even compete for it. But I didn't feel they put their best foot forward when the time really came to it. Got it. Um, we've been talking a lot now, and I love what's coming out of today's conversation. Was there anything that you were hoping would come out of today's conversation that did not come out of today's conversation? Something that, like, you've been in this game now for, like, 10 years. Uh, you basically grew up in it, kind of. Uh, what is there anything we have not discussed that you were, like, really, like, you're like, this is something that I think we should bring to the table? A lesson you learned the hard way that you wish you knew then that you know now? Well... One thing I don't think we talked about is, is um, you know, how we are a family-run business, mm. you know. Uh, I mean, we, we've talked about my son, my wife being the glue and this and that. But, you know, our workers are part of our family also. Figuratively uh, or literally? Uh, no, like, <laughs> when I call someone my brother, they're my brother. Yeah. You know, and sometimes blood brothers are true brothers but sometimes your brothers that are working next to you are even more so. Um, and I think um, part of your business, you need to have that within your business. Uh, a lot of big owners or big guys, a worker can't even speak to the, the boss, you know. Um, and I, it's an important part of the business, and it's something I'm – the most proud of that we're able to feed these families through our business. Yeah. You know, when you talk about Utopia Bagels, the word is so true, and I talk about this with my workers all the time. Everyone has their problems of their days. One thing we give the opportunity here when you walk through the door is to put those problems on the shelf and work hard to provide for your family here. Yeah. Yeah, and there's something that happened today, and I don't even know if you guys are aware of it, and this doesn't happen everywhere I go. As you're taking me through the back of house, every time we walked past somebody who I hadn't walked past yet, you would say, here's Johnny, here's Lulu. It's about giving everybody that spotlight also. Yeah. And really, because without them, we're not Utopia Bagels. Yeah. And it wasn't just the, like these people time. are here. They're we don't, like they're dispensable. Like every person that we walk by, matters. this is person. This is this is this is who you're walking past. Right yeah, now. this person matters. This person's amazing. This is what this. he does. This person does this. This is him, and he is the reason why we're Utopia Bagels. And I have it on tape. <laughs> we, well, you know, back it up. Yeah, a lot of people will call me for business on the phone. 
Yeah. And I think it's something I kind of taught my son because well, I've heard him say it. A lot of times I won't do business if you with you if I don't see your eyes and I can't shake your hand. Yeah. This is a lesson I learned when I around early on in the podcast I was working at a restaurant um, back home and there was a chef that was running it and I, I really admired him. He was a past guest on the show. Uh, and I was I, you know, I can't just talk about the industry. I want to be in the industry, but I don't want a serious role because I don't want that much responsibility because I have a full-time job with the podcast, right? But I was the assistant general manager, basically. They, they kind of just forced me into that role. I was like, okay, I'll do it. Um, but I made it a point every time I walked into that place and every time I walked out of that place, I said goodbye to everyone down to the And hello, 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 and goodbye yeah, to everybody. Yeah, and there's something about that. It's powerful. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Um, I've really enjoyed today's conversation. The mission statement, again, is to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. How would you say the, your business has tra- transformed the most? Uh... We continue to service the community, and we continue to capture the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How would you say you've, you've transformed the most? I think we've transformed the most because we're on the verge, or we already are, becoming a household name as far as a bagel. If you think about a bagel, you think about Utopia Bagels. Mm-hmm. If you think about a breakfast sandwich, you think about Utopia Bagels. If you think about Sunday morning, you think about Utopia Bagels. I still have half a breakfast sandwich left. I just remember. So <laughs> there I, you go. You uh, could eat it after this. I will. <laughs> but I think that's the main the main goal here is is to becoming a household name. And I think with the staff that we have, the people that we are, I think that's achievable. I think we're already there, and we're on the verge of so much more coming. Yeah, I've really loved today's conversation. Uh, one more quick break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back to bust out a speed round. Recently on the show, you've been hearing it come up often. Restaurant Systems Pro. If you've become interested, I highly recommend you sign up for the Restaurant System Pro 60-day pilot program. This is something that's never been done before. This 60-day event is at no cost to you, but it's not for everyone. Fred Langley, CEO of Restaurant Systems Pro, will be leading a group of restaurateurs through the Restaurant Systems Pro software and setting up the system for your restaurant. Fred will be leading the training, supporting you, and holding you accountable. Typically, this costs $10,000 a month to have Fred in your restaurant, but during this no-cost-to-you 60-day training, he will be teaching you every process he does during the group coaching sessions, and nothing will be held back. During the 60 days, Fred will walk you through the Restaurant Systems Pro process and help you crush the following goals recipe costing cards, guidance in your books for accounting, cash control, sales forecasting with accuracy, checklist, budgeting for the entire year, scheduling for profit, more butts in seats, and that's not it. Often, the team at Restaurant Systems Pro helps restaurateurs out pro bono because their hearts go out to these folks. I mean, it's hard out there, but because of that, a lot of the time these restaurateurs don't follow through because they have no skin in the game. For that reason, there is an application process. Only those serious about making change in their operation will be accepted into this program. Are you interested? Then go to restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. That's RSP for Restaurant Systems Pro. Restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. We're back. And the first question I have for you is what is your it factor? A habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? Hands on. Time management. Okay. What is your biggest weakness? Shooting for the stars. 
taking on too much at once. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds similar. Uh, How are you overcoming that weakness? Setting smaller goals. Incremental. Incremental goals. Do you agree with that? Uh, Relying on yourself and the people around you. Yeah. Uh, what is one thing you or one question you ask um, during one thing you look for or one question you ask during the interview process when you're growing your team? Say that one more time. What is one question you ask or a thing you look for when you're growing your team? You're I don't even know if you've been hiring. It sounds like you've had the same people here. As long as <laughs> um, it's it's funny because we've done a few different things. I'm sorry, I'm not quick answering this, but there's times where people say, "Oh, I want to be a baker." I'll tell them to roll up the sleeve, see if this burns on their arms. Yeah. Uh, if someone's a sandwich maker, I'll ask them to put on a pair of gloves. The simple things are so important. Simple things should come quickly. Yeah. Yeah. As putting on gloves, you should see they put it on quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is your biggest <laughs> challenge today? Biggest challenge today. Biggest challenge today? Keeping growth going. What kind of growth? Um. Uh, Financial growth um, and, um, yeah, basically financial growth. Is growth slowing down? No, we are, we are continuing to grow. What's the next step for you for growth? Um, I, I truly believe franchising. Yeah, what do you I think? I really believe that. I think it's still expanding wholesale more. Yeah. I think we can definitely touch upon are that. Are you guys going to come to terms? Who's going to win this fight? No, I think we no, can do, think a we lot. do that. I think we can do both. I think we can do both. more yeah. multiple locations. What was the biggest wholesale. challenge before? Growing too fast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> biggest challenge is definitely that, you know. <laughs> biggest challenge today also I feel like is is having, you know, to be almost perfect. People look at business owners and they expect them to be perfect. It's yeah. like we're people Nobody's too. Perfect. We can yeah. make mistakes. Like yeah. if you mess up a sandwich, it's like you're going to kill Especially you. Especially online. And yeah. I think people forget. And I don't think I honestly don't think the consumer realizes how much that hurts business. Yeah. Uh, the, that the, bad review. Or, it's so disproportionate to how much it actually fucking matters. Yeah. yeah. Like people you know? tell me, you know, I've been coming here for 40 years. They put the wrong bagel in my bag. Um, you know, you want to tell them, is this the first time? Or, you know, come back. We'll help you out. Yeah. But some people will go right to Yelp and write a bad review yeah. about this. Yeah. You know, I, I I know this is your time to shine and your time to make recommendations, but that's one of the reasons why I love Ovation so much. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Ovation, but it's a customer feedback loop. So, but the, the idea behind it is they it gives your consumer a channel to vent before they ever leave. So, ninety nine percent of the time, consumers just want to be heard, and for them. That is an outlet to be heard. So the first response they have is to go vent and put it out into the world. But if you give them that option before they ever leave, you catch it before it ever makes it onto a, a greater digital platform. It's called Ovation. It's a really great tool. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, for sure. Um, share one code of conduct or behavior you teach your team, a core value, a way to be. I, again, I think I said it in the Make the next person better. I love that. Next to you. I can get behind that for sure. Uh, what is one uncommon standard of service you teach your staff? So something that's common within the four walls of your business, but not common throughout the industry to go above and beyond what's expected. Get your order correct. Mm. How do you guys make sure the order gets correct? Oh, we depend on the individual. You know, uh, some people write everything down. There's a couple of people here that have incredible memory and do it. But, you know... <sighs> You got to give and t- it's very hard. Yeah, you got to give and take with your your work staff because it's it's not like the old days, you know. Yeah. Um, Zingerman's has I don't know if you ever heard of Zingerman's delicatessen based out of Ann Arbor, Ari Weinswag 
has a series of books out called the lapsed anarchists approach to there's like four series of them but uh, another one of the books that he has is uh, zingerman's approach to the service and they touch on the order taking process and they share their process but one of the things that they do that's really great it's they they have three points of readback so they i think I can't remember. I know two of them is like when you, when you place the order before they fire the ticket, they read back the order. And then the, the I know the last time they read the order is before they hand you the bag. They won't give you the bag until they read off the order. And they won't hand it to you until you confirm that. Yeah, that that's order definitely right. very important yeah. to practice. Yeah. yeah. Confirming you know, with the customer. It's closed loop communication. Yeah, we because also, words get miscommunicated yeah. too. Yep when they speak them yeah, you might yeah. hear something differently you know people think you said toasted but you really didn't say you toasted, not toasted you're not or, toasted you know. and this yeah. you know uh but uh you know the we service one person with one customer mm. and i think that's an important part of our business too a lot of people tell me oh why don't you have a cashier and why aren't tickets flying there and flying there for coming up because it gets lost in the mix and ultimately, to me, when you have a cashier take every order and the people are working around it, people tend to not buy the next item. You know, we have so many items here that people, as you're getting your sandwich made, they're seeing a muffin. Yeah. And they'll say, oh, wow, can I get that muffin now? Yeah. So it's If the, they've just been to the cashier, they're going to say, you know what, I'll get it next time. So what is the order? So you come in through this door Come here, in through right? the door. Walk up to the order line. So you come in the door, you take a left. Yeah, yep. you take a left. Or you right, come straight in, head, but this yeah. is your line. That's yeah. yeah, you take yeah. a left, head over to the uh, the main counter. You walk past all the cheese, the, the, the cream Well, cheese sometimes the line is out, out there. And the yeah. guy. So we, we do it old school where you have an individual rep waiting uh, customer yeah. uh, employee they, they waiting go. for you. It's like Cat's Deli. If you yeah. walk in, you yeah. got someone, you're with that person the whole time. Nice. You don't get passed off to a, a cash register. So you communicate with them throughout your whole experience. And here. then they move down the whole line and they check out at the very end. No, yeah. we have three checkout points at the okay. end, in the middle, and on that first left when you come in. So it's whatever's open because it gets crazy. Got it, got it. Um, beautiful. Next question. What's one book that's a must read to make us a better person or a restaurant owner? I'm not a big book reader, even <laughs> though my father was the biggest book distributor when books before were books Barnes before Barnes, you know, not before Barnes, <laughs> before Amazon took over and you're reading everything on your notepad. But, uh, uh, you know, I always love fear and loathing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is one piece of technology you've recently adopted within the four walls of your business that had a huge impact on efficiency, communication, profitability, and the egg mixer? Egg, we talked about the egg mixer. Yeah, uh, 10,000 eggs in 30 minutes or something like that. 10,000 eggs an hour, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. It, it gets you people more don't know eggs. It comes from Germany and Poland. People don't know about it. I'm yeah. It's yeah. like high tech. It's the beginning of like, you know, it's it's robots are taking over. And um, as labor gets more expensive, and uh, I mean, you got to start thinking about automating processes. Even if it's just, a, 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 you know, like a, a, an egg breaker. Yeah. What was the other thing that you asked? The egg breaker, the 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 wrapper for Gold Belly, the that you guys use that the uh, tape machine, tape machine, yeah. like all these like little things. Where you, if you can shave hours, you can shave. We money. just added a conveyor belt downstairs to bring the packages up to nice. the top. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. It's sick. That's that's awesome. Okay, this is the last question. Get ready for it. Drum roll, please. If you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. All the memories of you, your work, and your restaurant would be lost. 
with your departure. With the exception of three pieces of wisdom you can leave behind for the good of humanity and for your legacy. What would those three pieces of wisdom be? I'm going to have you take this one, Scott. Oh, my goodness. Pretend like you're telling Jesse. This is, this is, you're <laughs> what like, is Jesse, this, a movie? I'm, I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow, man. I'm out of here. The world's going to forget about me. This here's is a, the last You're going to forget about me, but these three pieces of wisdom are all you have. Be true to yourself. One. Love what you do. Two. Don't put off anything today that tomorrow that you could do today. Three. I've loved this conversation, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, we're gonna, about to wrap up. Is this urgent? That's my brother, oh, Billy. My nice. oldest brother. Billy, pleasure to meet you. <laughs> Billy is saying goodnight for the night, I believe. We're almost done, too. We're the last ones Good night, here. Bill. <laughs> um, before we say goodbye, how can we connect? I know you guys do some consulting on the side if we resonate with your story today. We want to talk to you. Uh, if we have questions about getting on with Goldbelly or uh, Direct Fresh or Uber Eats, and we have questions like what's the best way to connect? Go through Instagram DM or through our website, utopiabagels.com. Before we say goodbye, I do want to give you an opportunity. You have big news. You're about to release your own little podcast, aren't you? Yeah, we're um, coming out with a podcast. Working title is not just bagels. Hopefully, um, mid January, we're going to be launching it. It's going to be me and my father as co hosts bringing on guests that we've met in our network of Utopia Bagels, talking about their experiences, how they've gotten to where they are in the industry, and things that their followers, fans, and listeners could do to put themselves in the right position to get them there. Nice, man. Awesome. And where can we find that? You could find that through our Instagram uh, at Utopia Bagels or on our website, utopiabagels.com slash podcast. Beautiful. If you guys have not subscribed to their Instagram, do that now so you can follow that podcast when it drops. And uh, congratulations on that. If I can ever be of service, you already have a sponsor. Yeah, we're uh, we're <laughs> teaming up with Uber Eats for the first quarter to um, get this rolled out. And we're really excited. They're really excited. Hopefully could be beneficial for both of us and we could move on together yeah. in the future and this is really cool this is a, the 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 validation the significance of a brand um it took me five years four years to get a solid sponsorship because i didn't have a brand established i had to do the work to get the brand but you're starting a podcast with a sponsor which is pretty ridiculous it's pretty impressive which it means it gives you the idea of it's not just i mean you it's like it's like a it's like a 365 approach to marketing i'm assuming they're going to get access to your social like you're promote them through your social platforms yeah, yeah. as well so there's something there uh but just goes to show the power of a brand and diversifying and not thinking linearly and thinking like exponential and really looking at all these different channels that are at your disposal you guys are doing a great job there is no questioning you are unstoppable thank you <laughs> we'll cut it there you cheers too. There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable in our first episode of 2023. I cannot wait for this year. We're going to be having more in-person, on-site, deep-dive interviews. Uh, our YouTube channel is going to be taking off in 2023. If you guys have not subscribed yet, head over to youtube.com slash restaurant unstoppable. Uh, what Sam Hall from sadmsam.com is doing over there is great work and uh, I feel like we're just beginning to scratch the surface on the, the behind the scenes content that we're delivering for you guys over there and then what I'm really excited about for 2023 is 
the network. Uh, so the network is going to be evolving. In the past, it all really hinged on me. And one of the biggest lessons I've learned that is if you want to scale a business, it can't hinge on one person. It has to hinge on culture and systems and processes. And the network is going to become a place where I now just am literally connecting my listeners with the people, the tools, and the services that are being recommended to us organically on the show. And we're going to be popping off 2023 with two new series, uh, event series, I should say, uh, Ask a Pro and Ask a Peer. Ask a Pro is literally just that. These are the pros in my network that if I'm opening a restaurant tomorrow, these are the people I'm going to in different verticals from real estate to uh, marketing to design, whatever the the vertical legal, we're going to have people available uh, one hour segments uh, to answer any question you could possibly have. My goal is to have at least one person available every day of the week. Right now, we're, we're focusing on just a couple days a week. We're going to scale into it. Uh, Bob Sloop and Rudy Mick are going to be leading off the Ask a Pro series at 3 p.m. on Monday, January 9th. Uh, and literally any questions you have, they can answer. We also have Troy Hooper, who is a franchising and startup specialist, making himself available at 4 p.m. on Tuesday, beginning January 10th. And then this is every day of the week for the record. This is going to be recurring. And we have Sean Lyons, who's the co-owner of Germantown Cafe, going to be making himself available at 5 p.m. weekly. Just to, This is Ask a Peer, and that's really... If you just need somebody to talk to who can relate with what you're going through, maybe it's personal or whatever, we're going to have people available. Head over to restaurantstoppablenetwork.com. It's a dollar a day. Thank you in advance for signing up. And I just cannot be more excited for the future, uh, living out this vision of transforming the industry. And we're going to do it together. And that's really the idea. We can go further together. And that's what the network's all about is connecting people, helping good people find good people. Uh, I can't wait to get you in there. I can't wait for 2023. Special thanks to the people that helped make this show possible. Jared Parisi at Sumadre Podcast for the editing and copyright. And then Sam Hall from SavAndSam.com for the, the videography and social media. We're lit. I can't wait for 2023. That's it for today, guys. Until next time, peace out.